everybody and welcome to the Shamrock. Matt Fortuna here to help keep you covered while Notre Dame enjoys its spring break. Pete Sampson is off and presumably trying to open up his own coffee shop after last week's episode. Mocha Joe's, Latte Larry's, how about Pete's Pours for all of you Kirby Enthusiasm fans out there. But Pete will be back with us next week. Today on the show we're going to visit with Ga Wang, a name many of you are likely familiar with. Ga is a Notre Dame graduate and the founder of ESQ Clothing, which has dressed many Irish players when they head off to the NFL. Ga will speak about his deep ties to the university, his connections to the roster and coaching staff, his unique path into his current business, and of course, help us get ready for the rest of spring ball down in South Bend. Be sure to stick around till the end for a fascinating anecdote involving Father Hesburgh and many more fun stories. I really think Notre Dame graduates out there are going to enjoy this one. So without further ado, here's Ga. We now welcome in ESQ Clothing founder and 2008 Notre Dame graduate, Ga Wang. Ga, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's uh, my second time in this office. I was here a few years ago with a, a failed attempt to, to shadow Ronnie Stanley, which turned into a nice, fun afternoon hanging with you and uh, Notre Dame legend oh, Matthias Farley. It's been that long. Huh? <laughs> hey, he's, Matthias is killing it, so, so props to him. I mean, I remember – I'm just going to go right into it. I remember this Matthias Farley story, and, and we're, we're really close friends. And it seems like – seemed kind of like – uh, I probably shouldn't have said this, but I literally went to Matthias and and when he was training for the combine, I went, "Hey, dude, what if you like make it?" <laughs> he, he brings it up all the time. I mean, to his credit, man, he's he's killing it. No one, no one really thought. I know most of our fan base didn't think that Matthias would make the NFL, but he's he's killing it. So uh, I'm pumped for you, Matthias. If you're listening, man, I, I am pumped for you. I don't know if he's listening or not, but maybe he will be after today. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. we are uh, <laughs> we are in an office in the back of the same space that we're in a couple years ago, but a lot of uh, a lot of moving around going here. What can you tell us about uh, what's yeah, next for ESQ yeah, location wise? We've been in the West Loop for about five years now. We're moving locations uh we should be open by april 1 uh moving to the loop so our new spot's going to be at 180 north lasalle we're pretty pretty excited about that move how long have you guys been operating uh this is year year eight for me uh it started out in my closet and it's kind of kind of just progressed from there uh we've also ch- it's also changed so in terms of custom clothing the product has kind of changed on our end as well we've rebranded uh we're at a point where we where I really believe that we make a better custom suit than anyone else, certainly in the city of Chicago. I'm sure most listeners of this podcast are at least loosely familiar with your background and have seen the play like a champion today, jackets around campus and so forth. But to take us back, I mean, I know you had initially you know, gone to school to become a lawyer. You went to Notre Dame. Take us from there to, to, to now, really. How, how did you pick Notre Dame initially? Yeah. What drew you to the place? Why did you stay so attached to the place all these years? And uh, what led you here? Well, the, for the first part of that, that seems it's ex- extremely flattering and humbling. Uh, I don't think very many people know who I am, and that's that's totally okay with me. I'd rather stay anonymous. Um, so, yeah, I went, went to school. I uh, graduated in 2008. And for the Notre Dame fan base, the story goes as uh, 
Father Ted implemented a program of exchange students from China, and my father was one of his first students、oh, wow. in the law school. So we kind of grew up with. I grew up with Notre Dame, kind of you know always being there, and I lived in South Bend between、uh, kindergarten, third grade, second grade. Um, my sister was born there, etc.、Uh, we grew up, you know, knowing Father Ted very well.、Um, so that's kind of the whole Notre Dame background. I mean, I remember growing up in the suburbs of Chicago. Everyone else has, every kid's got a Illinois starter <laughs> jacket. I'm the only one with a Notre Dame starter jacket. I got a lot of crap for that.、Uh, I kind of knew where I wanted to go to school. So, uh, luckily.、Um, I had the grades for it and was able to get in. I don't think I get in nowadays because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a it's a different ball game now. But、um, I was very fortunate to be able to go to the school I wanted to,、um, and then I went to law school、uh, here in DePaul. After that, thinking I would be an attorney like my father,、um, and then probably about a year, a little less than a year in, actually, I just realized I wasn't really passionate about it.、Um, I cared way too much about how I. Dressed, going to work every day than like my actual job,、uh, and it just got to the point where I couldn't. I started this business kind of transitioning, doing some custom suiting on the side as well, and it got to the point where、uh, it was lacking or suffering on both sides, and I kind of came to the decision that I have to choose one career path over the other, and I kind of just went with my heart on this.、Uh, again, just starting out in my apartment, seeing clients here and there, my. Girlfriend at the time would literally go hide in our bedroom, bring the dog in, and then we'd go in this, the, the den portion of our apartment.、Uh, she's now my wife. She's pretty happy that I'm out of the house now.、Um, but yeah, it's it's been a fun, arduous,、uh, but fun journey. You mentioned starter jackets. I can't help but think there's some kind of collaboration down the line between ESQ、oh, and man, Starter. That, that would be cool. Hey, hey, fashion is cyclical. You see, Converse is back. Right, now, right. And, Champion, and Champion、yeah. is a huge thing. Which、uh, I, I think Champion is back because of Chance. Chan, Chance,、yeah. the rapper, has been a big proponent. We were, we've been very fortunate to be able to work with him as well. So that's that's pretty cool. So, look, a lot of people are passionate about fashion, care about the way they look, so、yeah. forth. Not everyone. Kind of makes a career out of it、yeah. on a whim. How do you even begin to formulate a plan to make this kind of career move as you're in the middle of law school?、Um, again, just a pure passion project. There was no real set business plan. This is certainly not what I would recommend in terms of starting <laughs> your own business. Definitely have more numbers and and a plan than I did.、Uh, it, it just. It just kind of happened. It, it snowballed. It was in what what I do in terms of custom suiting. Actually, I should say what we do because ESQ is a lot more than just me now.、Um, we kind of do everything on an individual basis. So it's like one suit after another. It's not hey we're gonna go make a huge run. We're not gonna make a run of a thousand suits or anything like that. So everything is individualized. There's a lot more. I guess there's a smaller upfront cost for us go, going into this, so that's kind of how I was able to start it. Really, just myself.、Um, and I remember starting. I never really thought of this as being a full career. And when I started, it honestly was, "Hey, I get to get some nice suits, nicer suits myself." Back then, it was what I thought was nice. It's certainly not what we're doing now. <laughs>、um, I get to make some things for my friends, and it kind of just snowballed out of that. How do you go about、uh, developing a client base? 
this is our biggest challenge. So hopefully for anyone who's listening and needs a custom suit. <laughs> Go on the shamrock, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we are, it, it, it's, I think it's the toughest part of any job is new client, acqui- new client acquisition. Um, for us, it's a lot of relationship building. It's a lot of guys that trust us will refer us to their friends, family, uh, work colleagues, etc. And that's kind of like how that's how we want to really grow this business. For we want to make it a relationship-driven business. We don't want someone. Obviously, if someone finds us online, we want them to be happy so they keep coming back and so that they we we can grow our network that way. Uh, what we don't want is hey, we just get you in for one quick item and then we never see you again. Um, so we're here to build sustained relationships. Uh, this is the crux of our clientele, and then we do have a really. We have kind of three arms. That's one side. Uh, arm two is our is our wedding demographic, and we do a lot of stuff for weddings. Just the biggest regret from some of our clients who didn't get or rented or whatever for their wedding, the biggest regret they have is, hey, I wish I looked nicer for my wedding because my bride looked great or, or my partner looked great, but I, you know, but I kind of looked... <laughs> Like a slob, we and so weddings has kind of become a much bigger thing, make much bigger part of our business too. We want to make sure you look great on on that day, and then and then the third arm, which is mostly me, um, and it's kind of relationship driven, is our what you would call our fun PR arm, which consists of professional athletes, celebrities, and then we have our our group sales in terms of our football team so right now like we we make the play like a chance or we're actually changing it but we're making the we make the team jacket when notre dame um does the walk uh we also dress northwestern now we dress vanderbilt it's uh those kind that kind of the the two other teams were added last year in 2019 but we're trying to add add more in that arm as well um when you were a student i mean what well, growing up, let's backtrack a little bit. I guess you're growing up, you know, a little bit of time in South Bend, and obviously living a lot of time in the Chicago area. Did you go to games a lot? I mean, as a football fan, how did your fandom kind of develop and grow? I've been going to Notre Dame games. I came to the U.S. when I was five, so I was born. I was born in China. Came to the states when I was five. Uh, I haven't missed a home opener. Actually, I missed my fo- first home opener last year in 2019 since I was since I was five. Um, that was because. What was the first one? It was this uh, year. It was. they were at Louisville in week yeah. one, and then they played uh, not Pulse, no New Mexico. They had a bye, and they played New Mexico. Yeah, I think we had we just had my wife and I just had a ba- our our, ba- our first baby, so I think that was why I didn't make the best dressed baby in Chicago. I may add uh, over here. <laughs> we, that's that's a lot of pressure. So let's not go there. But I think this year was the or last season was the first home opener I've missed in, in a long, long, long time. Um, I grew up going to games. I remember playing. I remember we used to play our high school games in, on Friday nights, and then we would have film on Saturday mornings. And I would skip some film <laughs> sessions, and my coaches would be livid, and they'd bench me for a quarter. Where'd you go to high school? Glenbard South. Out okay. West. What'd you play? Uh, what, What'd you play? Position. I uh, when I started playing football, I was I was literally bigger than everyone else. I think I was a f- five eight in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I I started playing left. I played left tackle. 
back in the day. Yeah, you look like a left tackle. Yeah, I mean, I'm still, <laughs> just for the record, I'm still five eight five nine. Hey, I was 5'10 in eighth grade. Yeah. I went from starting center to uh, starting journalist very quickly because yeah, I'm still 5'10 yeah. all these just, years later. It, it just it went from left tackle to left guard to linebacker to to little running back. It was kind of just like, yeah, I just watched everyone else outgrow me. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, I, I love the game. Uh, I would. It's as a kid, being a big kid too, and, and your pediatrician saying, "Hey, you're going to be six four. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to play college ball. I want to play in the pros." Then Jerry Maguire came around, like, "Hell, maybe I'll be an agent." Um, but I still get to work with a lot of athletes, which is which is really neat, uh, just in a different capacity. Oh eight, you graduated, so you would have been there. Did you get any of the good Weiss years? I got two. Okay, I got two. So you got the first four years. Yes, was the five year era. Yeah. yeah. Uh, What's your favorite memory, I guess, you know, as a student from an Notre football experience? Um, I mean, every game was – the student section is unlike anything else. You really don't get that as a as an alum sitting back in the mm-hmm. stands anywhere else. So every student game was an experience. To say I have a whole ton of memories would be a, a bold-faced lie for myself and most students because mm-hmm. we were probably pretty inebriated for most of those games. Uh, that's just being <laughs> – completely transparent and honest in college really uh yeah no way right um i remember that usc game vividly though the bush push and uh that season this is before the lottery this is when there was still a lottery we we had uh seats or standing seats or whatever you want to call them in the second row so i remember it that game vividly we were like on the 10 yard line and then got pushed back into the stands so that's that's probably my most vivid memory um that one and then probably probably the last minute comeback against ucla okay, where yeah. jeff samarja caught that long touchdown and that that catch and run that, probably that one yeah yeah do you um were you close with any of the guys on the team at the time are you still close with some of them from that era from gone to become clients era? Uh, for those that know, Ronald Talley. For those that know, who are, who are we're going the diehards of the diehards the here. Diehards of the diehards. No, but a lot of the students my age know about Ronald Talley, and uh, not necessarily for fo- for football reasons. Um, so for for those that know, Ronald Talley. <laughs> if you're out there somewhere the listening, yeah. <laughs> Once you get into the business you're in now, yeah. which is custom clothing. Uh, how does the I don't want to say reconnection because it's not like you ever broke off your connection with Notre Dame but, uh, but how do you get more involved with them obviously you know we talked about Matthias Farley Ronnie Stanley yeah. the, the team now wearing jackets pregame what are those reintroductions like how do you get in with the current regime which is obviously different from the Charlie West yeah, regime yeah a lot of it's changed obviously at the university but a lot of it still stays the same uh, the values stay the same and although the people change that the culture stays the same. Uh, we value Notre, Notre Dame stands for a lot more than just the football program. There is the whole, um, it, it really, in terms of our athletics, we really talk about the student athlete, the four for 40, et cetera. So when, when it comes to dealing with Notre Dame, a lot of it is, hey, I'm an alum. I understand what you guys are about. We're not, we're, we're on the same, like we're, we're, we're aligning ourselves correctly with them. And I like to think that we do a lot of that with our business as well. We don't want to. We're none of us are really true salespeople. We're not here to just sell you a product. We want to make sure you get good bang for your buck. 
but also that we get you something that's versatile that you can wear time and time again. Um, I think it's a value-driven proposition. We want to create something that is great for our clients, but it's great for us, obviously, but also great for our clients. Um, and, and in terms of going back to the university and building those relationships, again, it's just kind of a personal, personal relationship that we've been, or we and I have been able to strike up with, strike up with, you know, there, including like all of our football staffers, et cetera, players. They, the players get to know me because since we're dressing them uh, as a team, just kind of, and I see them every now and then. I mean, we've kind of built up relationships that way too. We've all seen Brian Kelly on Tuesday press conferences at alumni gatherings, golf outings, you name it. He's not a bad dresser, I gotta say. He's, he's, he dresses. He cares about how he looks. Uh, and ever since he started doing yoga, he, I mean, has that made your life more difficult as far as resizing Coach him? And Kelly fluctuates weight a little bit. Yeah, so, <laughs> so certainly um, there. Are, but I mean, right now he's. I think he's in a great spot. He he looks good. He looks healthy. So and he looks like he's having fun out there. So so yeah. I mean. Hey, for those guys that lose weight, we can always take jackets in. So, so if you still need a New Year's resolution, that that that's your New Year's resolution. Do you have a favorite jacket, suit, piece of clothing you've outfitted? Whether it's Brian Kelly, another assistant or player, uh, when you see him on TV, I mean, is there a particular point of pride or, or piece that that really resonates with you more than others? I wouldn't say there's one necessarily. I think it's. Anytime you see it, I, I think the one that really stands out, and this is this goes way back, uh, is the first time I saw one of my things on TV. Um, Manti was wearing it for one of his interviews, uh, and just like the first time, first time seeing it mm-hmm. on TV, that, I think that was something that really stood out. Now it's very rare that I get shell shocked uh, or starstruck, but I think that first time seeing something that like, hey, I made, and it's like, whoa, it's on national <laughs> TV. That was that was pretty cool. Was that when he was at Notre Dame or in the NFL? I think that was his rookie year okay. in the NFL. Yeah. You guys had a pretty big advertisement, um, thanks to Charles Tillman. Uh, I think it was during the Thursday night Bears-Cowboys yeah, game this yeah. year on Fox. I mean, that was, at least as far as I can see, uh, the biggest, I think, national exposure yeah. you guys have had. How'd that come together, and what, what kind of boon for your business was um, that? It was... Again, just a lot of dumb luck, I guess. QuickBooks reached out to us, and they were looking for someone to partner with in Chicago. Um, and they're like, hey, that had some kind of affiliation with the NFL and the Bears specifically for, for Chicago. And having worked with Charles before uh, and, and having worked with a lot of uh, former and current Bears players, they approached us and they're like, hey, uh, A, do you use QuickBooks? The answer is actually no, but like, <laughs> like we'll, we'll make we'll make this work. Uh, but we, uh, they're like, and, and B, um, would you be interested in doing a national TV spot? And in my head, I'm thinking, what's the catch? <laughs> like, how big is this check that I have to write? But uh, QuickBooks was um, was kind enough to to foot that bill, and uh, I think it was a, I think it was a great ad. I think it was something really unique. It certainly. I've never filmed anything like that before. Uh, it was, uh, or we filmed one thing like that before. We did something with Marriott that's um, that was a pretty arduous, like a three-day filming thing. But I mean, it was like a twenty-five-person crew for for full fourteen-hour day or something uh-huh. like that. But yeah, for thirty seconds of footage, so it's <laughs> it's a lot more difficult than it seems. 
Don't worry, we will air this podcast in its entirety uh, with no interruptions. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's talk football a little bit. Obviously, you're a huge fan. You're, you're very close with some people in the program. Yeah. I think we'd all be lying to ourselves if we thought way back in 2012, 2013, Brian Kelly would still be here getting ready for year 11 now, spring practice a couple weeks away. Um, and, and not only that, but rebounding from the 2016 season to have 33 wins over the course of the last three years. Um, a lot of talent coming back. Some staff shakeups. Tommy Reese now offense coordinator. Mm-hmm. Two new assistant coaches. Uh, what are your you know bright and early expectations for twenty twenty Notre Dame football as we sit here in the middle of February? Uh, to go back on your first point, between when we say we wouldn't expect, we kind of didn't haven't wouldn't expect to be where we are right now. I get to see a lot of just like you. I get to see a lot of the behind the, the mm-hmm. scenes things. Um, I I can almost say. I get to see it one step further because I get to see the body transformation. And this is kind of weird, but, I mean, we're so close with these players where we have to resize them every season if they get bigger or small, very rarely smaller, Mm -hmm. but uh, when they change body compositions, uh, when we see the freshmen get in, and then sophomore season, they need something completely different. So we see the player development side of it. Um, I've known Coach Bayless since he was at uh, UConn. It's drastic. I mean, it, we're not talking about and nothing against Coach Longo, but the players look completely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at, if you compare us, the team physically now to where they were four years ago, you would have thought it was a MAC level team. I mean, the the player development in terms of strength training is incredible. I, I think I saw pictures that the walk-ons posted the other day. And every single walk, like all every single walk-on in that picture was shredded. And you're just like, what's going on over there? They're probably going to be the future lawyers who you'll, you'll have <laughs> yeah, as long-term yeah, clients, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. you got to keep an eye on that's them. A, that's okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I think that's huge. I think it continues to this season, obviously. I mean, I'm excited to see who develops this spring. Um, I've always known Chase was good. I always knew Chase mm-hmm. Claypool was good. I, he just never really had his opportunity. Uh, but you could tell physically he's a freak. I'm curious to see who comes out of spring like that. Obviously – the being a fan and working with these guys obviously the the, the easy choice is Kevin Austin just because right. the kid is just a physically physically from a physical standpoint from a talent standpoint he's clearly number he's definitely a number one receiver um, but I'm curious to see who else comes out um, guys I would probably say just looking from their the shift in how they're built and their athletic ability um a couple guys that stand out again out of, out, out of the obvious is of like Kyle Hamilton mm-hmm. who Derek if you're listening Kyle's dad <laughs> we're gonna give Kyle a shout out because Kyle's Kyle's, Kyle's a fantastic football player um, Marist yeah in Georgia Marist in Georgia yeah. uh, I think Marist showed up originally when we did his jacket he was like 185 pounds wow. he's probably put on 40 pounds since then <laughs> and he can run um Isaiah Foskey came in and I thought he was like 25 years old. <laughs> uh, I mean, that kid, that kid does not look like a freshman. Never looked like a freshman. Oh, there was that one linebacker, but he came in just chiseled too. Uh, I forget his name. This class or last, last class? class? Haven't met the early enrollees yet. We'll we'll knock out the fittings in June for mm-hmm. all the for all the freshmen. Um, Can yeah. you share anything about what what's next as far as? Last year was a play of a champion today, Co. Something new is coming for 2020. We're, we're working on something. We want to make something unique. So there are a couple things in 
I don't want to say a whole lot. Mm-hmm. There are a couple things in the works. Uh, one one potential idea is how every class has their own slogan. So it was like Irish bound, right? Um, for but but putting their like by class slogan. So each class has something different too. So we might do that, but we're not. We haven't finalized what we're going to do for this year yet. Well, I ask you to, to betray any confidences or talk down anyone, but how picky or needy or or, or, or difficult can, can not necessarily the players because they're in college, but the coaches deal with. We are they pretty easy to work with? Brian Kelly, Tommy Reese, I you worked with Mike Sanford in the past. I mean, how are these guys to work with as far as you know? Mike Sanford, you outfitted, I believe, for his introductory press conference yeah. at Western Kentucky. I mean, yeah, something yeah. like that, which happens almost overnight. Yeah. Can you kind of take us through something like that and how difficult that is? Um, I'm. It's. Most of the staff, almost all the staff at Notre Dame have been very easy to work with, honestly. And this is, um, and I would say most of our clients are really easy to work work with. It's, at the end of the day, we make a custom suit, so you get to pick everything right. out. Everyone gets to play designer, kind of. So it's it's not a, yes, we will have input. We, yes, we will say this doesn't work with your skin tone, et cetera. But at the end of the day, for the most part, you get to kind of create your own garment. So. I wouldn't say we've really had that many people that are difficult to work with. Uh, it's, it's. I mean, it's fun to work with these guys. Mike, who's at uh, Minnesota now, I'm, I think they're gonna. Him and his wife, um, Anne Marie, are probably gonna come get the, down to Chicago a little bit more and be able to see them again since they they were at Utah State last season. Right. But I mean, he's a great guy. Um, he told me about Western Kentucky. I don't know, maybe two days before he got hired. He's like, hey, do you have anything in red or anything with red? I'm like, uh, no, uh, maybe. So, <laughs> so kind of just, that was an off-the-rack suit. We just found something that kind of, or uh, it was off-the-rack or a sample or something that, that were like, hey, this would fit him. So it ended up working well. We don't always have something. Have you had other situations like that where you've just kind of like shipped something on a night's notice? Yeah, or? We, uh, one of the first times we did this was after Marcus Mariota got drafted, uh, I think I forget where the draft was, but the Titans had someone on staff. I think it was here, no? When he got picked, was it? In I Chicago? think so. Yeah, yeah, it was in Chicago. But he was he wasn't at the draft. Um, but there was a Titan scout. There was a couple. There were a few Titans team members that were here. His agent reached out to me, and he's like, "Hey, I need. Do you, do you happen to have anything that would fit him?" Or like. I don't know. This was at seven. Hey, had you worked with them before? No. Oh, okay. This so was wow. 7 o'clock at night. Okay. Um, so I was like, no, but I'll check. R- ran to the store, kind of went through everything, found found one option that would potentially fit him. Because I had no idea. They gave me, stylists give me sizes all the time, and I, and I don't really trust them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, I think this would work. Never Having never met Marcus, literally went through <laughs> probably 200 pictures of Marcus Mariota. Um I found it. I'm like, okay, how do I get it to him? The introductory <laughs> press conference is tomorrow morning at eight a, at ten a.m. in Nashville. Do I have to make an eight-hour drive? I really don't. <laughs> make an eight-hour drive. Um, or how do we like ship it? So they coordinated. Had one of their the Titan staff come. Like I dropped it off with him. He drove it down, and then it looks great. But everything worked out. Marcus Ward for his introductory press conference and. Yeah, that that was the first time we're like, man, we can get things done if we need. Got to find ways to get it done, and that's kind of what we're here for. I mean, um, 
if someone needs something for a wedding in three weeks, four weeks, we will do our best to make sure we get that done. Mark is still a client. Does he stay in touch all yeah, these years yeah, later? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure something like that is yeah. not a bad intro. Yes. Marcus, well, I, I think back then he probably didn't know who I was. Right. Um, it was just a suit for him to wear. But Was uh, this building even here at the time? Where uh, we are yeah, now? Yeah, oh, what's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but through his agent, um, he's, and Marcus and I have been become really close. And um, I'm pulling for him to land in a good spot this season because I, I mean, I, I remember how good he was in college, man. There's Marcus Mariota was the man mm-hmm. when he was at Oregon, so I, I want to see him do that kind of damage in the NFL. I think he's just got to let let it fly, get a, get someone that trusts trust in him, you know. So hopefully Marcus lands in a good spot. Guy like Tommy Reese, did you outfit him in college? And if so, I mean, how much has his body changed from not that long ago, but from a lifetime ago in a sense of he was no, a college kid I, and now he's an I mean, offensive coordinator? I'm not allowed to outfit him in college. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if that's the case if Tommy goes to you know some of those other schools down south. But, no, I, I didn't really know Tommy that well in college. Uh <laughs> Can I bash on Tommy? Tom, Just, Tommy. This college, is your form. Say whatever Tommy you want. in college. I don't know if Tommy in college really ever saw the inside of a weight room. And, and I think it's more of a bash on the program than it is on Tommy. But yeah, anyway, yeah, go, yeah. go ahead. But, but also, I mean, as a QB, you really don't want to get too too mm-hmm. overdeveloped as a quarterback. I think you, a lot of it is muscle memory. Um, actually, I ran into Tommy today's. Thursday. I was yeah. down in South Bend on Monday. Okay. Uh, so I ran into Tommy on Monday, and Tommy had just gone for a run and worked out. So Tommy looks great right now. Tommy looks like he can still play. Um, he looks he looks the same. I mean, he's got he's baby faced. He still looks Tommy Tom, Tom yeah. whatever you want to call him. Looks the same. Tommy looks the same. What a you know, NBA especially, but NFL really all sports. You know, they have their own runways, right? They yeah. have the red carpet yeah. going up to a game. Some better than others, depending yeah. on who you ask. I mean. From your seat, from the business you're in right now, where you deal with a lot of athletes, what out there right now works? Does it work? Is there anything that catches your eye where you think, "Oh, that's cool. Maybe we should try this." And others where you're like, "What is that guy thinking?" I have that all idea all the time of like, "Hey, let's try this or let's try that." But at the end of the day, people know us for making a really damn good custom suit. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to stick with. Uh, we might add into certain things like coats or or you know bombers or something unique there but our focus is really on suiting and shirting uh you streetwear and all that stuff is is cool but it changes so fast mm-hmm. uh we're in an industry where it's a little bit more classic we make things that hey it should actually fit like a suit we see a lot of guys who are in these suits that don't fit at all it's it's actually funny that in the 90s and 2000s <laughs> every suit was too big nowadays it's almost like half the suits you see are way too small looks like they can't even move in it if this athlete like who literally works out every day in his life for a living doesn't look comfortable in that suit how is a normal person going to feel so we want to make a timeless product that actually fits someone um so one of our one of my the guys we've dressed um i I'll, i'll say he's the best dressed out of any of our athletes uh is henrik lundquist he, he does it right. The New Yorker and me can appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you always need more help the offensively. King. <laughs> uh, you had an interesting tweet I was going down your feed uh, oh, before no. I came here today. Uh, Pat Tomasula from WGN, who also is a client of yours, had tweeted on December 31st, how much longer are we going to tolerate ESPN anchors wearing suits with dad sneakers? 
and you guys quote tweet him and said thanks for noticing and it should end right now i i assume at least in your mind that's if not 1a then 1b as far as a fashion faux pas out there right now uh when you watch all the morning shows uh yeah yeah i mean but maybe maybe they just think the camera only captures from the waist yeah. up we know a lot. I mean, we know that, like, <laughs> sometimes you're not wearing suit trousers because the camera only goes from from your uh, from your chest or waist up. But yeah, yeah, I'm not a I'm not personally a huge fan of sneakers with a suit. Sometimes if you can find a nice clean pair of canvas or leather, black or white shoes, yeah, you can those, those work. But keep your keep your running shoes with your joggers. And go go to the gym in your running run in your running shoes. There you <laughs> go. No, it's not for not for a suit. Well, you guys did get into the footwear realm, and I'm sure that presents a whole new level of opportunity yeah. and challenges, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. as far as sizing and fitting. I mean, yeah. what's that been like? Uh, we used to do custom shoes, which was, we made a great custom shoe, uh, but we just couldn't really guarantee timelines on that. And shoe cobbling is a dirty, slow process. Um, I would love to get back into it. We haven't done it in a, in a couple of years now, but I would love to get back into it. I, I think there's a... There's a fi- very fine line between design and comfortability uh, or comfort. Um, and I think we were able to strike that line. It's very difficult to find something at a good price with both. It's almost like when women talk about Christian Louboutins, they look great, but they're uncomfortable as hell. It's, I think our job is to find that sweet spot. And because when you make it custom for each foot, um, and most people don't realize this, but uh, for I, th- I would say it's something like 85% of the population, you have one foot that's slightly bigger than the other by a half size to a full size. So if you can make shoes that actually fit your feet, and it makes all the difference in the world. Back to football. Uh, not just talking client-wise here or, or classmates, people you've dealt with a lot recently. It's a lifelong Notre Dame fan, I mean. Who, who's like the golden goose for you? Who's the, your guy? Whether it was a guy from before you were born or a guy on this year's team. I mean, who, who is who your is favorite all-time Notre Dame football player? Huh. Can I separate this into two categories? Go well, for it. Because I've known so many of the guys that are my age and, and maybe on the younger side, so we'll, we'll keep it. We'll throw it back then. We'll just name one. So my favorite player um, growing up, and I actually got to, I haven't met him yet, but we we chat. So when I was there, probably two. So my favorite player um, as, a, as an adult, if you will, or since I've been at, at Notre Dame was Tom Zibikowski. He's a nut job. I know Tom. I've gotten to know Tom pretty well, and he's boxing again, but he is an absolute nut job. I, but I love the way he played. And, and then if we went back longer than that, and the first number I wore and all that stuff, my favorite player was Joey Getherall. Wow. Yeah, come all like five, six, or five, seven of them. How'd that come about? I mean, you were for the little guy, right? I mean, he's, Well, you were a big kid growing up, you yeah, said. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was. Um, but, like, remember his touch touchdown in overtime or to beat Navy? Um, I mean, he, he for the root for the little guy. Uh, and I got to talk to you know, I talk to Joey every now and then. He's, he's out there as a firefighter in L.A., but I still haven't met Joey, but I think he was probably my – my favorite player growing up. Yeah. And Tom was firefighting too for a bit, right? Or is he still? Doing yeah, 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 yeah. In Chicago. Yeah. Interesting. Both guys. Yeah. Uh, favorite memory growing up? Notre Dame related? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Notre Dame related. <clears throat> uh, I, 
I remember going to Father Ted's office. I think this was right around around the time my sister was born, so this is probably 94. Um, we went to Father Ted's office. He had this bowl of trinkets, just random things in this bowl. And he, I was playing around, and he just, just goes, you know, you can grab something, and you can just have it. I was like, you know, as a kid, you're like, okay. Yeah. So he grabbed me. I grabbed this thing, and it was it's like a little brass metal or breast yeah like a metal or, or something yeah, and I grabbed it and we were getting ready to leave and he's like oh what'd you get and I, just, I show him he's he's like oh you can have anything but that it was a I don't know exactly what it was but it was a presidential medal given to him by JFK so, <laughs> you have a good eye yeah apparently I have a good eye but yeah I, I definitely remember that I mean what'd you, t- what'd you take instead <laughs> I don't remember what I took instead definitely wasn't something of that uh, of that uh, caliber yeah. Um, yeah tons of memories of when I was a student but we'll leave those I'm sure none of my roommates and friends want uh, or nor I want to yeah, yeah, you, have the, you got a business around here without a beer well, the I social had, media yeah. age was not quite uh, thank, out there yet thank yeah. god you and me both thank god <laughs> yeah. um their aims made the playoff. They've had three straight 10-win seasons. Yeah. Uh, I think they have a chance this year. Obviously, you know, the Clemson game's a huge one. The Wisconsin one's a pretty big one. Yep. Uh, I think with that schedule, again, we don't know how things will shake out elsewhere, but you'd think 11-1 Notre Dame would be on the short list to make the Final Four again. What will it take for this program from your eyes, from both your insider's view and your fan hat, to win its first national title since 1988? We're close. Um, we're the closest since I've been alive. Well, I mean, I was alive for in, for the '88 one, mm-hmm. but that doesn't really. I was count. born, I think, five days after it, so maybe the curse started with yeah, me. I don't does, know. <laughs> yeah, maybe this. Uh, so I don't know if that one really counts. Uh, well, unless you count, you know, '93 that floor. I thought '15 had a chance. '15 injuries his. I mean, we got even then though. I think if they have half-competent defense coordinator, they're at least in the playoff and have yeah, a chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but we are, we're on the cusp right now. I think we are where Clemson was four, four mm-hmm. five, six years ago. Uh, I think what Notre Dame is just really needs is just a signature win to really change everyone's, the, the national mindset of Notre Dame can't win the big one. Mm-hmm. We get that one against Clemson. It changes everything. It changes the tra- trajectory of not just the current players and the staff. It changes recruiting. It changes the national outlook of hey, Notre Dame's for real. They can win the big one. And then I, I think what Deshaun Watson did for mm-hmm. Clemson. Uh, if we can have that kind of big game, um, I think that's that's the only thing that we're really lacking right now. Obviously, we can. We're different than Alabama. We can't have twenty recruiting analysts on staff. Mm-hmm. But if we can always, we can always add more there. But I think in terms of just a football thing, if we just need that one big win. We're, I think we have everything else in place. We when's the last time we lost to someone we really shouldn't have lost to? Um, I'd say the Manor and the Michigan game would yeah. be the one that stings. But I mean, I think they're underdog I, going I, into that. I, I still don't know what happened there. No, I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone on the roster knows what happened there. I still don't know what happened that game. Um, But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we had Georgia this year. I I thought I thought we had we had a chance. chance. But we had a chance last year with Georgia. 
At home, at Notre Dame. At, at home. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that one I thought was more gettable, obviously, um, than this one. But we just gotta we just gotta get one of them. I think that's I think that's it. We just have to get one of those. I think the the whole thing against Michigan this year was w- much worse than the Clemson from two years ago. I think that the Clemson playoff loss was you're like, oh yeah, Notre Dame didn't belong. And there's still some of that narrative until you see that they destroyed Alabama as well. Right. And, well, you see Oklahoma lay an egg for however many years in a yeah. row in the playoff. and I, I still think that, that Clemson team from two years ago that won it all, I think in 20 years we're going to talk, talk about that as the best, if not one of the top three teams of all time. Yeah. I mean, this year's LSU is going to have a strong argument, but yeah, they but, ended that streak, yeah. 29 straight yeah. games. I mean, they're up there. Yeah, they, yeah. Ran over everybody. But I think Notre Dame is in the same category as LSU. Um, in my mind, there are three programs that perennially will compete for a national title every year, at least right now, and, and that being Georgia. Um, not, not Georgia. I don't know why. We were talking about Georgia. Um, Alabama, Ohio State, yeah. and Clemson. Clemson. Those are three I thought you would right? say. Those are the top three. And then the next group of, for me, I think, three to five teams or so have a ch- have a realistic chance every one to three years. That being Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, Notre mm-hmm. Dame, and then maybe throwing like a Michigan sure. or, or someone like that. But I think there's a clear-cut top, top three, and then you just get a team of destiny like LSU this year where no one's going right. to I mean, if we had that kind of offensive skill talent, no one's ever, I mean, that would... But they had that talent last year. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not like I mean these guys. These this season came out over, but these guys didn't come out over. They were yeah. they were a ten win team. They were a good team. Yeah. They were Experience. what Notre Dame was this year, maybe. Experience you know, matters. Experience um, matters. I don't think anyone saw that coming. But that the team speed. Oh, it was incredible. It was insane, insane. Yeah. Um, but I, that's a, that's where I think Notre Dame is. I think Notre Dame hangs right in that second group, and one every three seasons or so, we have a legit chance. That sounds about right. At least from a playoff standpoint, I still think in the playoff era, it's just. So damn hard to yeah. beat not just one but two of those teams. Yeah, I mean, I, back to back. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's impossible or it's never going to happen because these things are slick, cyclical. Yeah, um, we don't but, have a conference championship, so we have nothing else to hang our hat on. Uh, exactly, no? exactly. This is kind of the bed they they make for themselves are better or for us. But I think yeah. that also, in the grand scheme of things, is much more of a net positive as far as I don't know. If you join the Big Ten or the ACC, what are you, Michigan? Yeah, or probably even worse. I mean, yeah. as far we, as brand we, standpoint, we Notre Dame folk are—I um, wouldn't say entitled, but we come off as Notre Dame has that whole shtick about, "Hey, we're a little bit better than you." <laughs> um, but I think that comes from beyond just a wins and losses record. I think if you take the whole package into consideration, the academics, the whole tradition aspect, the there's—it's more than football. I think as a group package. Uh, in my eyes, I think it's fair for them to, for for Notre Dame folk to kind of think of themselves like that. I don't want to say ESQ holds itself in that regard, but there are similarities. Where if you take the entire package uh, together in terms of uh, craftsmanship and quality, in terms of the fabrics we use, in terms of the timeline and we can in which we can deliver, in terms of the fit that we can guarantee, I think as a whole package. We like to think of ourselves as, as being able to simply create a better product. Not that we're going to rub it in your face, but we think we're better. And I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being confident, but 
Notre Dame just has to win the big one, and then we can really <laughs> brag about it. <laughs> well, guy, I really appreciate you uh, inviting me into your office today, and uh, probably the last time I'll be here, and one of the last few days you'll be here. What's next? I know you're moving, but what's yeah, next yeah. for ESQ? Just tell our listeners what uh, they can be on lookout for. Uh, we're super excited about the new space, and that's honestly the first thing that that comes up. Maybe uh, we got to do a happy hour for for your subscribers. <laughs> we could do a live show. Yeah, that's yeah, something. I'm <laughs> we'll get Pete in here. We'll do. A, well, yeah, we'll do a Q and A. We'll do a Q and A. Um, I'll try to dress a little bit nicer than I am right now. It's okay. You can wear anything you want. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe we'll do that. Um, but we're really excited about the new space. I, I think that is gonna. It, it's gonna not gonna necessarily change a lot of things, but it, it'll just you know. A new pep in the step and get us going so we're excited about that and we're, we're excited to see where this takes us in the coming years awesome buddy well appreciate your time and i will uh see you at spring ball all right sounds good thanks thanks again to god for welcoming us into his shop we had a great time there and we hope to have many more notre dame centric guests just like him as we head deeper into the off season any guests you'd like to hear from Feel free to drop a note to me or Pete on Twitter. I'm at Matt underscore Fortuna. Pete is at Pete Sampson underscore. Pete and I will be back next week with much more football talk as Notre Dame returns to the practice field. We'll even have some access on St. Patty's Day with assistant coaches Clark Lee, Tommy Reese, and Brian Pullian, so there will be plenty to talk about then. Until then, we'll have a couple of stories worth checking out at The Athletic. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already done so. Thanks, as always, for listening to The Shamrock. We will see you guys next week.